0: motion denied judge penny as issuing an order denying all of amber Heard's post-trial motions heard had wanted the judge to set aside the verdict because she said it didn't comport with either the law or the evidence in the case I'm Jeanette Levy, and welcome to this edition of Law and Crimes Sidebar Podcast. This order uh, was very interesting. It just came out from Judge Penny Ascarati on Wednesday afternoon, and she said that Defendant Amber Laura Hurd's post-trial motions one through six are denied for the reasons stated on the record. And these motions really had to do with Amber Hurd saying, "Look, this verdict wasn't fair because of this reason or that reason, and the damages awarded by the jury were out of line, etc." But But Judge Askarati just issued one sentence. Defendant Amber Laura Hurd's post-trial motions one through six are denied for the reasons stated on the record. And that has to do with that June 24th hearing in which the judgment in the case was ordered. And Judge Askarati was very clear that she was signing the judgment. It would be final that day. And that was it. I was actually there for that hearing and there weren't any cameras allowed. So that's how the judge, that's what the judge said about it. And that's how she acted. Judge S. also denied issues having to deal with Amber Heard's claim of juror 15 serving on the jury incorrectly or improperly. Amber Heard's team had filed a motion saying that a man who was born in 1945, Actually was summoned for jury duty, but another man, likely his son, born in 1970, who had the same name and the same address, was actually the person who showed up for jury duty. And guess what? Judge Ascarati is saying... We pulled the jury summons. No birth date was listed on it. So this man went through the proper voir dire vetting process. And so there's no error here. And also Judge Askarati says that Amber Heard didn't show any prejudice as a result of this issue. So joining me to break this down is Mitra Ahorian. She's an entertainment lawyer, but she's also a litigator. Mitra, welcome back to Sidebar.
1: Thank you, Angelina.
0: Your reaction to Judge Askarati denying basically very quickly all of Amber Heard's motions.
1: Not so surprised at all. Um, With respect to the first several motions that uh, were heard on the record, those were really trying to relitigate everything that we already heard in the, in this six week trial, um, from things like actual malice was actual malice proved or the amount of damages, all of this stuff was addressed in these six weeks. So that attempt to relitigate did not, um, go well with the judge. The argument about this jury 15, juror number 15 was so tenuous if it even was an argument at all. And it was just a really short part of the motions, the post-trial motions that they brought. And even in that in that motion, the her lawyers sort of admitted that, well, we know the onus was on us, but there was still an issue here. And so that's really what it came down to was not only did they, um, you know, have these six weeks to figure this out, they had the entire period of Wadir to ask all the questions that they wanted to ask. The juror actually filled out the questionnaire properly, um, stating the proper birth date. So the They had access to that. And you have to preserve the objections that you're going to have during the trial. How did they not know until after the verdict was called that this was going to be an issue? But really, it really, really just comes down to the fact that the statute says that one, any false information about a juror cannot be grounds for a mistrial and that the onus is really on the the parties to make sure that everything is looked at and it's really their job.
0: This episode of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we've all had a time in our lives where we went through something really painful, and it might have helped to talk with a neutral third party about it. I know that really helped me when I lost my dad. You have to take care of yourself both physically and emotionally, of course, and there is some help for that online. BetterHelp Online Therapy will look at what you need and your emotional needs and match you with a therapist in less than 48 hours. And even if you don't think you need therapy. I know I've often talked to friends and family who think they didn't need it, and they are the people who often benefited the most. Getting therapy each week with BetterHelp is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. And there's a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com sidebar. That is 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com sidebar. Well, another interesting thing that, you know, I mentioned, but Judge Ask Karate noted this. She's saying the summons went to the house where apparently both of these men lived, father and son, one born in 1945, the other in 1970. There was no birth date on the summons. So to me, I'm thinking to myself, well, why even bring it up? And then they had the footnote to boot that said, look, we know this isn't grounds for a new trial or for the verdict to be set aside.
1: I love that that was put in a footnote. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's something you do when you're like, you know, we don't have a case, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I've had a summons come to me before and I don't remember my birthday being on it. And I'm sort of glad now that it wasn't on it, but <laughs> no, but if they don't, uh, as far as I know, at least in California, they don't come with birthd- birth dates on them. So they have your name and your address and you fill it out. So I can't imagine he would have filled it out incorrectly. We have the questionnaire that the court pulled that was correct. And there really wasn't any mistakes made here. And then the point you made, Anjanette, even if there was a mistake, they have to go beyond that and show that there was a violation of her due process rights and that this actually affected the outcome in some way, which they didn't even try to bother arguing that it did they just said this mistake happened and therefore there should be a reexamination of the case. Uh,
0: I'm looking at this right now. Obviously, this just came in. It says, uh, Judge Askarati wrote this, a party cannot wait until receiving an adverse verdict to object for the first time on an issue known since the beginning of the trial. The issue has been waived. So she is saying, look, if you had a problem with this, you should have brought it up earlier, not kept it in your back pocket. That's basically what she's implying because she's saying, uh, basically, that they had the defendant and the plaintiffs had an obligation to make sure the information was requested. This was on
1: them totally. And you know, the thing is, well, you didn't like the outcome, so you're bringing you know you're bringing this issue up now. But would you have not brought it up if you liked the outcome? That's really the suggestion there
0: uh, at the end. And this reminds me of that June twenty fourth hearing. Elaine Bredehoff, God bless her, kept asking for things and saying, I want to address this in post-trial motions. I want a hearing. Judge karate said, I don't need a hearing. We had a six-week trial and I've had this case for 18 months. We are done. And she said, the judgment is final today. And she kept reiterating that and talking about how they had to post that bond, suspension bond to appeal. And that's what the judge was ordering. And she puts in bold type at the bottom of the order, Mitra, this order is final. Judge Ask Karate is done.
1: Yep, she sure is, and yeah, and you were in that courtroom. We weren't there; we didn't see it, but I did see you report it. And she was done then, and she's even more done now. So, is this going to be the end of it? Is really the question, right? And I'm thinking,
0: you know, maybe they'll file some other motions. She, Elaine Bredehoff, said she wanted to address this whole issue of the suspension bond in post-trial motions. Maybe there will be more, but I, I just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think the appellate court is the next stop. Uh, Mitra Ahorian, thanks so much for making time. For for us and coming on to discuss this
1: my pleasure always
0: and that's it for this edition of law and crime sidebar podcast michael dininger is one of our producers as is sam goldberg bobby zoki manages our youtube kiara bronson manages our social media and Alyssa fisher is our booking producer you can find sidebar on apple spotify google and youtube and wherever else you get your podcasts i'm and jeanette levy and we'll see you next time